0: Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Battle Academy Podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in game as Anthissa or on social media as Anthissa21. This episode is going to be kind of weird because I messed up last week and did not get information out. I hope you can forgive me for that. This episode is going to cover a lot of different things, and I'm basically doing what I would call a double episode. So, more bang for your buck. Uh, This is going to cover a lot of cool things. I've got your breakdown on the Sylph Arena Commander Cup, as well as Sylph Factions. A little update on the Indigo League. And I'm going to start this episode... With my really, really awesome interview that I actually got to, to do with anti-matter gaming. Now, I will say that parts of this episode were filmed before I got the interview done. So, you're essentially going to hear me make comments about the interview coming up. um, and for, with Beyond the fact that it has actually happened. So, um, please forgive me. I'm going to try and edit the best that I can to make this look as... See, or to sound as seamlessly as I can. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoy this episode. The first thing we're going to start with is, of course, my really super awesome, totally cool interview that I actually got to do. So uh, just sit back or um, pay attention to the road or whatever. And I hope you enjoy this uh, little conversation I got to have with Dragonite Horror and Broken Arrow of Anti-Matter Gaming and getting some information on their Pokemon Go PvP tournaments and uh, what's coming up in the future down the pipeline with them. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, taking this opportunity to talk with me. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Um.
0: I've basically been trying to look into battling outside of Silph Arena, because that's the one everybody knows. So, finding out about other things, I believe last week I did some on the Indigo League, which is being run by Team Rocket Academy. And yes, then I found yours in digging in all of this, so I got kind of interested in it. Um. So, let, let's start by, why did you guys decide to get into doing Pokemon Go PvP and awesome introduce yourself too while you're at it <laughs> Jake do you want me to swing or do you want to go ahead with that one um
2: yeah you can swing okay so i'm gonna first off so i'm dragonite uh i go by grace and mayo and i come from kind of a a lot of esports as a whole so we come from halo rogue company gears i competed in halo for a lot uh i ended up working for the developers for a period of time um i was a lead tournament operator for uh, a roving theme park called outpost discovery so kind of the pvp stuff in any title is in my blood but obviously with my handle still being dragonite for the better part of 25 years i uh I have a little bit of nostalgic love for the Pokemon franchise, and I competed in that, actually. Uh, all the way up through 2017, I competed in the VGC. Um, I competed in the TCG as well. Uh, I kind of can't budget my time appropriately, so if, if there is a tournament to be played, I will play in it. Uh, which is... <laughs> I find myself competing in 80 titles, but the nostalgia factor is really what got me um, on a personal level. And then on a business perspective, Pokemon Go is the number one downloaded app on both platforms, on both Android and iOS, right? And it is also the most underserved platform, given given how many people have the app. It absolutely blew us away when we did our research that no one was offering, that Niantic wasn't offering paid tournament support because we come from that world and we kind of thought, why not be the change we want to see? It's a great business opportunity and it's also something that we believe in.
0: Okay. I get that, especially from the nostalgia point. And, <laughs> um, that, that this is something you guys are comfortable with and why not? I think, uh, Niantic is still trying to work out some of the PVP bugs and trying to figure it out. I know there are still a number of people complaining about lag. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, with moving into the esports arena, what other challenges are there for this format, do you think? I think there's probably a
2: couple. I think uh, Steve could probably speak to the development side and the infrastructure, and I think Jake could probably speak on the, the player retention and the engagement side. Jake, why don't you take it and pass it to Steve? Yeah, um, I, I could probably dive in It's a little bit of both. Um,
1: I've kind of been working with Steve, uh, not so much on development, but advising on the development. Mm -hmm. Um, So from an infrastructure point, um, Pokemon Go does require quite a bit more infrastructure than other titles. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, you know, we could jump in Halo, just host a bracket, you know, go. Rogue Company, same thing. You could just jump in, host a bracket, and go. With Pokemon Go, there's a lot more information that needs to be collected and uh, mm-hmm. things that need to be sorted through. Um, it's our understanding that a lot of other tournament operators uh, run Swiss brackets mm-hmm. uh, for gameplay. Uh, what we've tried to introduce, and uh, I'm hoping we can uh, continue to execute well on it, is a multi-stage format where it's got the round robin. So you're still getting like the best of Swiss, and then it goes into bracket play where mm-hmm. it's like one-on-ones up until that competitive yeah, yeah it's it's, okay. not competitive, it's it's easy to follow on stream and it's a lot more digestible as a product
0: okay so you're getting more towards the the single elimination style yeah mm-hmm.
3: yeah mm-hmm. uh while well, still trying to provide enough people enough time that they felt like it was worth it to play yeah know? not a one-off
0: yeah. yeah that that makes a lot of sense um and so that's what you did with the Kanto Cup that you guys just uh-huh. hosted. Yep. So tell me a little bit about that. The Kanto Cup, like um, the restrictions that you set for uh-huh. eligibility and the Pokemon that people were allowed to use.
3: So you guys, so that was main was that you guys saw, that you, you guys take that. You want to
1: swing on that one, Jake? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we did jump in with the Kanto Cup because it was... Probably the easiest jumping off point because everybody's familiar with the first hundred <laughs> Pokemon. My name for Nick. It's a pretty balanced meta, um, and, and it just seems like you know the, the right time to pull the trigger. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, with the restrictions of uh, you know running on Facebook, we were limited to U.S. only, uh, so it was uh, yeah. l- limited to just United States uh, based players. But uh, in terms of uh, actual gameplay, uh, it was, ran in the Great League, and uh, it was a pretty competitive uh, format. Yeah. We ran into some problems, um, and, and we've learned from those problems on the multi stage <laughs> very much so. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we kept it capped at 16 pools, uh, despite players falling off the day of and not showing yeah. up. Um, mm-hmm. Which resulted in some unbalanced pools where it was like three people. Ah. Um, someone, some lose people two were, matches and you're out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, you lose one match and you're out. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. That's right. So, so we we took we took top from each. So it was yeah, it one okay. match
1: you're out. Yeah. Yeah, we saw some top players like panic and panic and whatnot yeah. getting eliminated pretty early on because of that.
0: Yeah, oh so wow. Going
1: going forward, we I'm actually afraid. broke it down so that it's. Um, Based on the number, number pools it's
0: based on population. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it'll be a little bit easier to set up a more balanced pool moving forward. Yeah. Yes. So uh,
3: again, to go back to that 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 previous thing where it doesn't feel like anyone you know showed up and then got screwed over by the bracket, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like inevitably that's going to happen at some point, right? You get put in the same bracket as somebody else who's a top tier player, and you don't win out your bracket. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's, suck. it's unfortunate but it is what it is. in the previous instance mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily because the best person won it just happened to be they lost one game against somebody who was slightly better but they probably mm-hmm. should have normally would have taken the bracket if there were more people yep. and as such couldn't advance and it was it was it was an error on our fault and we've we've since corrected it so
0: Okay.
2: We've got the numbers for that as well, too. There, it's just, uh, it's very numeric. It's a lot of spaghetti numbers. Yeah. So we are going to have that posted on the Nexus site. That's but right. uh, I will not, uh, oh, I guess, okay, we'll see yeah. Webmaster at hand. Webmaster already has it. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But um, but it's a little too uh, number wordy. But as Jake said, the the amount of players enrolled are going to dictate how many pools we have. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And um, we were talking about this uh, when I was messaging with... Um, horror a few minutes ago you mm-hmm. guys made an announcement for the next cup the johto uh-huh. cup Can you tell me a little bit about what can be expected from that play wise yeah, so the
2: johto cup the Jodo cup is going to be the secondary region of course i mean if you follow through the pokemon okay. titles we went from region one to region two and in, in uh Order of release by the by Nintendo. Um, Jodo we think was also a nice jumping off point. We think we provided ourselves a really easy platform with Kanto. Like Jake had said, there's the nostalgia factor. There's a limited kind of balanced meta, and Jodo is another kind of small pool of Pokemon that doesn't require a bunch of external knowledge. So we're we're really concerned, especially coming off of the Kanto Cup, with making sure our infrastructure is correct because the pool play was tough. Some of the enrollment for players was tough. Um, there's a lot of learning opportunities and. We We don't want to convolute that going into, for instance, Hoenn into Region 3, where you've got 14 Mega Pokemon and all of them have these wild dual typings and some of these Community Day moves are crazy. It opens up kind of the Pokemon Pandora's box, if you will. Um, And we're trying to make sure we've had two relatively successful events before we pivot into something kind of crazy and big like that. Um, A lot of questions we got do apply both to the Kanto and the Johto Cup. Uh, Megas are going to be restricted, and this will be in the Great League, uh, and this will stay as the pick six, use three format.
0: Okay. Um, And uh, Sylph runs that format as well. I think pretty much everybody does. Um, Because building a team of six gives you more options. Yeah. I, yes. Yes. I'm it pretty it allows sure. It
3: allows you to play the meta game and stuff like that, where you can be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I have this awesome Pokemon, but you never actually use it because why not?" Right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: yeah, sometimes it's nice to have the spicy pick every so often, but sometimes you just put it there and it just never sees the light of day. So, mm-hmm. um, after Jodo Cup, are you wanting to keep moving forward with the Nexus League and build that oh, into yeah. something permanent?
1: Yeah. All right, um, Mayor, um, Jake, you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do have plans for one more, mm-hmm. at least, at least after after the Johto Cup. Um, Emphasis we, on at least. Yeah, <laughs> at, at least one more. Um, so we are currently pending negotiations with a sponsor to uh, secure more dates and more funding for more dates. So we're going to have to see how the next two go. But currently, we're greenlit for one this month and one next month.
0: Yes. Okay, so that's looking pretty good to get the Uh next two going as well. Um, Another thing that we're seeing a lot of in um, the PvP sphere for Pokemon Go is that there's more of these team build competitions that are going around Uh where Uh five players get together and form a team. Um, Sylph is doing their factions, which is seven players do you think that uh, everything's kind of heading in a team direction or do you still prefer the individual play?
2: I think it could be heading in that direction. For instance, with antimatter, we've got two streamers on board that both compete. So go trainer for you and NCK228 both play under the antimatter banner. And they've actually expressed some interest in doing both the five and the seven man rosters as well. I think just to make sure our quality of work is at the peak that we can, we want to restrict to just a single player, at least in our events. Um, rather than having that team building format, just while we make sure we get all the kinks out, I know our team, we actually have talked about it and we're open to it. We just, to give the best product, we're kind of okay being the previous, I'm going to make yeah. a joke here, but like, I'm okay being an iPhone 12, even <laughs> though the 13's <laughs> out because the 12 still a great product, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it still works, sometimes right?
2: Sometimes the 13's a little more buggy than the 12, and I'd rather be the 12 in that circumstance. Yeah. And so like, we got to get the stuff ironed yeah. out.
3: Especially mm-hmm. while we're still ironing out our stuff, or rather, rather iron out our stuff when, instead of try something new, but
0: yeah okay that makes sense and that's perfectly cool too you make sure that you're you've got all your ducks in a row before you take on the bigger thing perfectly makes sense um do you see pokemon go pvp becoming an eventually legit esport i mean that's one topic that a lot of people are on the fence about given certain lag issues and everything they're Mm -hmm. still investigating Playwise.
3: Given you know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve, do you oh. wanna dig? Do you want a, I think yeah, Steve did oh. a little second here, right? Whichever. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean as 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 far as I'm concerned, yeah, I think it I think it can. I think it has the community behind it, and the thing that Pogo has that a lot of other esports titles doesn't, is it has such a low barrier to entry. To yes. be able to get into it, where anybody, one, anybody who's, you know, 20, 30 years old, even younger, knows what Pokemon is. They know what, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, Pokemon Go literally is the thing that stopped, you know, all wars, all fighting, all everything. <laughs> was a long time
0: when it came out. Oh, the closest, there was, there was, the closest the moment to world peace. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, the thing that it has going for it is it's got, it's got everybody behind it, right? It's got the, the casual players, it's got the high competitive players, the exactly. PvP stuff. It has everyone knows it so if you walk into a you know a place and you're like oh hey we're doing a pogo event everyone's like pogo and you're like no it's a pokemon event and they're like, oh, pokemon yeah let's get get on board with that so it's right. it's kind of easy with that and the other thing that it has going forward is it's got a lot of people like us people like you the community is very very hungry for something and for yes. whatever is next and is one thing that i like about the way the community is is they know what they want you come into we've come to a lot of communities where they're just kind of like to throw one a play there. I guess. Yeah, like kind of like rogue <laughs> company, right? They're not quite sure what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. They know what they want it to be something, but they're not quite sure what they want it to be. Less of an identity. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a problem. They're they're figuring it out, but it seems like Pogo already kind of knows what they want it to be, and it's mm-hmm. it's definitely challenging to work with and sometimes against in that instance because like the to things that the we're mold. trying to build might necessarily break the mold. Case in point, the the pools into into, into single limb uh, is definitely different than the normal. But it's definitely refreshing to see a community that knows what they want. And because of that, I think it has the the legs to go the distance to become a legit eSport.
1: All right. I want to add on to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know we announced the $1,000 tournament. That was one of the uh, you know bigger events in the Pokemon Go space. Um, and then on the backs of that, we saw Mazer come out and put out their $1,000 tournament. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then... We piggybacked, we piggybacked off well, that. and it's, it's the third one. So, you know, hopefully, you know, seeing orgs like Mazer, seeing orgs like Rebel, like mm-hmm. Tempo Storm, like yep. Antimatter get involved in the space, you know, hopefully that's just a chain reaction. We keep seeing more and more orgs. People are going to start paying
0: attention more yep. and mm-hmm. wanting to be and, a part of it.
1: And mm-hmm. I can't
2: really go
1: into details on this uh-huh. but there is a potential sponsor uh yes. that we have large uh, oh, wow. uh future <laughs> events with um i'm not sure if it's gonna be a one-off or not but uh it
0: could. it means something the fact that yes. you've got that going yeah, it, it, yeah,
1: it, it's I mean, a yeah.
2: traditional esports sponsor yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. oh wow Large in scale, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a name that once you hear, you'll be like, oh, crap. Okay. You can't not know it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Jake, I, I want to add one thing on the end of that, too, that I think Pokemon Go has specifically, and I would even hazard more so than any other community in esports, period. Mm-hmm. Esports, as a business, is the same thing that you would see with the NFL, right? I am not the genetic perfect specimen. I'm 5'7", and I'm 130 pounds, like, sopping wet, right? I will never be... <laughs> A football player. I just won't. I will yeah. not be the yep. super specimen to do that. You're more likely to be Pokemon. A games as a whole decrease that barrier of entry. There's nothing genetically required to do it, which is cool because then, in theory, the entirety of the population could be something. The cool thing about Pokemon that other esports doesn't have is that it doesn't appear that every single person on Earth wants to be that top 01%. There are so many people in this space that are excited to be the 99% and support that person next to you. The guy who sits elbow-to-elbow elbow with you at the table at the LAN. The guy who you met at PAX at the subway table because you had to sit 49 people to a table. Like, <laughs> the, the immediate camaraderie is yep. way cooler in this community than anything we've ever seen before. And in a community where you have those heroes, those 1%, your Dune Bugs, your Lion's Den, uh, your Panic. I mean, we've got the the Rebel players, for instance. There's a 99% of the rest of the community is actively excited to support them. And as a business looking to foray into the space, they often care more about that 99%. That's your viewership. That is your market that you're talking to. That 1% is going to succeed regardless of of a business coming in, because they're already streaming, right? They're already right. doing something that's good for them. But. The other 99% being interested in supporting people coming into the scene, that's a huge thing that we have not seen in other esports. And yeah. it's very forgiving and very kind.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can right. definitely attest to having seen that myself. Um, I did one of Caleb Pang's tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a bit of a back and forth with him. You know, like, I- I'm going to join in, but it's going to suck. He says, hey, just do your best. <laughs> You're going to be okay. You know, just as long as you try, you're making progress. So mm-hmm. that, um, I'm a part of the Girls at PvP, and that is such a wonderful, welcoming community there as well. So yeah, there there is this whole lot of support to see others succeed, and it really is refreshing to see that.
1: Definitely. On the Great. backs of that, um, it's also really cool that there's a lot of diversity in the book Yes, Ghost there and- is. <laughs> With a lot of other eSports titles, you run into a, a lot of straight, white, Dude. cisgendered males. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's yeah. In, in Pokemon Go, it, it's a very healthy balance of demographics, so yeah. it's been really refreshing to walk into. Oh,
0: sometimes. yeah. And that's that's another one of the things that I absolutely enjoy about the community as well. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Anything you want to let listeners know? before we wrap up and everything like where they can find the tournaments any sign up information
2: uh guess what uh, yeah. web- website
3: drop the website probably
2: yeah steve why don't you drop in yeah. the why don't you drop a hyperlink in here so i can read that off make sure it's 100% sure. accurate but yes what i do want to preface is that the nexus league does have their own website now and you will be able to enroll through that uh, you'll be able to find the link to the facebook registration it is a two step process we, uh, we think we streamlined it a lot. It is no longer a sloppy Google Doc. It is a beautiful coded website now. Uh, and that is going to be nexusleague.antimatter.gg. So that's where you're going to be able to go to find the Pokemon team submission. And you'll find all of the relevant links. You can even follow our socials. If you're struggling, there's a Discord link as well. You'll be able to find anything you need from us there. But I think in closing, I just want to thank on the behalf of Broken Arrow, behalf of Horror, and myself as Dragonite, we're just excited to see these folks in the Johto region. Yep, indeed.
0: All right. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys joining me for this call. Uh, I, this was my first time doing an interview for the show. So th- this went incredibly well by my standards. <laughs> so yeah, thank we'll you so it. much. Um, I, I appreciate, pre- appreciate it. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Alrighty, guys. All right. So for this week, I thought I would talk about a new feature, a new way to battle that is being presented by Sylph, and that is factions. You can always check out sylph.gg. There is a new tab in their PVP references for the faction setup, so definitely check that out. And uh, this, it looks elaborate, but it looks very, very, very interesting. All right, so here we go. Factions, or your team, they will compete in weekly bouts, so one bout a week against another faction. Each faction will consist of eight members, seven specialists, and one alternate. You don't have to have them be an alternate, or you don't have to have an alternate. Alternate, as long as you have at least seven team members, you're good. The season that you will fight in will compete consist, excuse me, of multiple cycles a cycle being a period of bouts. Your team is split up into four field specialists, one great league specialist, one ultra league specialist, and one master league specialist. The seven field specialists will compete on the battlefield. And I will get to more on that here in just a minute. The great league specialist has no restrictions and they will compete, of course, in great league being C- a CP of 1,500 or less. The Ultra League Specialist will compete in the 2,500 or less CP. The only restrictions are this. They are only allowed one Mythical or Legendary and one Starter Pokémon or Starter Evolution Pokémon. The Master League Specialist, of course, open-ended, no CP limit, and they are only allowed one Mythical or Legendary. That's the only restrictions there these battles are best of 3 matches rewarding one point on the win of the of your match so the first person to win two fights in their match will get a point for their team the first team to make it as far, to 6 or 7 points will win the bout and the the bout week actually has a set pattern of how it works On Monday, you're going to set your positions. Who's going to be a field specialist and who's going to play in the different ranked leagues. Then on Tuesday and Wednesday, you will set your rosters or your Pokemon teams. And then Thursday through Saturday, you will battle. You have the week to complete your bout and register what points you have. The first cycle for North America is going to start May 2nd, so it will probably be starting by the time you hear this. And the Battlefield meta for this cycle, and this is why I put this off to talk about, for this cycle is going to be the Floating City. It is a Great League meta, meaning that it will be CP 1500 or less. And focuses on these types, ground, flying, steel, or normal. There are some bands in place, no mythicals, no shadow, no regionals, no Galarian Stunfisk, no Skarmory, no Altaria, no Bastiodon, no Chansey, no Registeel. So this is going to be really interesting to see what kind of teams they build. I know I'm going to be following along and trying to keep up with everything and uh, I may present some updates and news for you as I go. So we'll see what happens with this. I do like that we're seeing more of these team composition battles and this one's definitely a different way to look at it. A lot of the team comps that I've seen have been five team member builds. So seeing a seven, eight team eight-person team build is definitely a unique look at it. And there's all kinds of ways this could go. As I was reading through the information, there may be multiple battlefields in place during a bout. So this could get crazy the further along we go. You may have two field specialists in one battlefield and two field specialists in another. Or you could even get crazy and put three battlefields uh, metas into it who knows this is wild i do like this approach i do like that this shakes things up a bit and you do get the combination of a sylph cup and go battle league just kind of merging a little bit here so this will be really 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 interesting We'll see what happens. I will definitely keep you guys posted. I am going to keep up with this as much as I can because I have a couple of different friends playing in different factions. Uh, Bowling Bacon, if you know who she is, and of course, Defi-E, who is the PvP, or one half of the PvP team for GoCast podcast. So... If you're interested in any of that information, definitely look up and see who is playing in what faction. I know, I believe Caleb Peng is playing in one of the factions. Speediest Chief, who is one of the top-ranked Sylph players in the world, who actually won Sylph Arena last year. Uh, A whole bunch of people are getting in on this. This will be really, really interesting to see what happens And uh, I do believe that uh, they're going to be keeping up with it, at least on Twitter. I don't know if it's going to be broadcast on Twitch at any point, but it's looking really, really interesting and I can't wait to see what happens. So um, definitely keep your eyes on it. And uh, I'm definitely going to be keeping up with it here on my show. So if you're interested in that, just a heads up. All right. Now, to get to the main event, what you're probably actually here for, and that is Sylph Commander Cup team building and rankings and whatnots. If you did not listen to last week's episode, here's a little recap on the Commander Cup. It is going to run from the beginning of May to the 31st, and... It features a specific set of rules. You must pick a commander from a pre-selected group of 10 and then complete your roster with a set of five types. You are allowed dual typings. However, you are not allowed Steel, Mega, Legendary, Mythical, Shadow, Abomasnow, Garvantula, Galarian Stunfisk, Metacham, Wabuffet, per- Perisu, or Drapion. And from that, you will build your team of six building around your commander. Eligible commanders are Munchlax, Shiftry, Escavalier, Steelix, Empoleon, Jellicent, Bronzong, Noctowl, Alolan Marowak, and Polarath. And let me tell you, those are some good, good selections for commanders. If you've seen... The Sylph Ranking or excuse me, the PV poke rankings for these. It is crazy. The commanders are ranked one to six in the top six are Munchlax, Steelix, Excavalier, Jellicent, Empoleon, and Shiftry. The rest of them actually show up in other places, including uh, Lowland Marowak, and Bronzong, who fall a little bit down the pole. out as well falls down a little bit. Polyrath falls down a little further. So it's really, really interesting. Your top ranked commander is Munchlax. He is a sturdy little dude and if you build him right he can perform very, very well. However, I am looking at building for the, the pokey Battler who may not have enough Stardust. Hopefully you've got enough. But in case you don't, Empoleon is always a good safe pick. Having had a community day for Piplup, he has access to Hydro Cannon. And you should definitely put it on him. Although you do have some options. And of course, as always, we're going to take a look at JREC Wolf's Nifty or Thrifty He's got that set up for this cup. And I like to go based on it because it's definitely worth taking a look at. He likes Empoleon 2, definitely with Hydro Cannon, and says that this is a great spot for it. It has a whole slew of resistances, definitely worth looking at. 11 total Steel, Poison, Ice, Water, Rock, Psychic, Normal, Flying, Fairy, Dragon, and Bug. The only weaknesses are Electric, Fighting, and Ground. So, this is looking really, really good to begin with. He's going to take some serious wins against Munchlax, Hypno, A-Tails, a and A-Wack. So you're getting some of the commanders showing up there. If you're not familiar with those Alolan names, it's Alolan Ninetales, Alolan Muk, and Alolan Marowak. The losses, however, Toxic Toxicroak, Escavalier, Shiftry, and Alolan Raichu. So be careful on those electric types. They will peek their faces in there. And uh, fighting and ground, although they're not part of the meta too much, you should be okay. Waterfall, Hydro Cannon, and Drill Peck are preferred move sets. Plus, the fact that it's the starter, you do get the discount for building it up—the 10,000 dust and 25 candy. So, if you want a good budget Pokémon to start with as your commander, definitely check out Empoleon. Now, you can focus on building a Munchlax if you want. The second move is pretty cheap because you're getting the baby bonus on it. However, only consider it if you know you've got the dust to spare to build it up because you'll have to take it up to level 30 to, to get what you want out of it. Lick, Body Slam, and Bulldoze is the recommended moveset, and it's going to take wins that are definitely impressive. Jellicent, Hypno, Alolan Ninetales, Alolan Marowak, and Alolan Muk. He definitely handles the Ghost types. He's got the resistance going there. Unfortunately, a resistant, uh, weakness to Fighting types could cause some problems, although not too many. However, you need to be careful for the bugs in the grasses. Escavalier, Toxicroak, Treat, Venusaur, and Roserade are all key losses. So definitely be careful on that. But he's a sturdy little guy and he can definitely take a beating. So if you've got the dust to spend, definitely consider it. Jellicent is on the very expensive side, but not to be underestimated. Hex, Bubble Beam, Shadow Ball is a recommended moveset. It's gonna take wins on Hypno, Toxicroak, Escavalier, Alolan Ninetales, and Alolan Marowak. Now you're seeing a lot of Alolan Ninetales show up. Definitely expect to see it pop up in the meta. I like it, especially for this cup. Set up Powder Snow, Weather Ball, Ice, and Psy Shock, and watch it go. Wins on Toxicroak and, of course, any grass that happens to step in the way. Venusaur, Shiftry, Steelix, and Roserade. Losing only to Munchlax, Hypno, Jellicent, muck, and a Scavalier that are major losses anyway. But it's got some good resistances, bug, ice, dark, and dragon. Weaknesses to fire, steel, poison, and rock. But you're not going to see too much of steel as it is banned. Even in dual typing, I believe. So you won't have to worry about that too much. With less the exception of Steelix. Now, why? while Alolan Ninetales is not a commander, there's probably a good reason that it's not. But it's definitely worth considering at JREC Wolf says it's even in the development notes of the cup that they kept side eyeing side eyeing Ninetales, Alolan Ninetales, and whether or not they should even consider whatever they were gonna do with it. It has the power to be severely annoying in this cup, and it borders on possibly being op for this cup so if you have one built previously and i i've been preaching the the amazingness of alola nine tails for episodes and episodes now so if you've listened to my advice and you've built one up since then you've got something going for you going into this cup now i've told you who i like as the commanders Other than Nangtails, how are you wanting to build this up? Well, you can definitely look at a few different things. Now, these, of course, are the nifty thrifty choices, including Venusaur, which gets the starter bonus stuff—the ten candy, or excuse me, ten thousand dust, twenty-five candy builds. It's a sturdy bud. It hits hard. It may not be one of the top ranked Pokemon in this meta, but it's definitely going to cause some problems for people. Vine Whip, Frenzy Plant, Sludge Bomb are your recommended movesets. It wins on Munchlax, Jellicent, Empoleon, Tree, and Roserade. Sometimes it'll even, um, I believe it gets the mirror match as well sometimes, uh, depending. I don't, I don't see it listed here. I thought that was one of the ones. There's a few of these listed that if you move set them right, you'll win a mirror match with them. But uh, you definitely want to check it out. This article is posted to Reddit, but it is also posted usually to Silph Arena resources for the the Commander Cup. So I will definitely make a link to that in the description if you're interested. Key losses for Venusaur, however, Hypno, Toxicroak, Escavalier, Alolan Muck, and Alolan Ninetales. Poison and Ice are a bit of a problem, despite the fact that it is a poison type. It's got resistance to grass, water, fighting, fairy, and electric. Weaknesses are Fire, Flying, Ice, and Psychic. With Psychic being one of the main types, definitely keep an eye out on that one if you're wanting to build a Venusaur. He does go to make notes about Raichu and Alolan Raichu. However, while they are good, I don't really know about them myself. But you can build them up and take a shot with them if you'd like. I'm not going to stop you, and it, it may work out for you in, in the best. For me, honestly, going with a Raichu is a tail flip. Um, If I had to pick one, I would go Alolan Raichu, and I definitely like putting Grass Knot in and a Wild Charge, although he makes a good case for Thunder Punch over Grass Knot. So you could see your wins switch up there a little bit. Now, one pick that looks really, really interesting, it could cost you a little bit on the Stardust side, is definitely going to be Alolan Muck. Recommended with a Snarled Dark Pulse Sludge Wave moveset, he actually comes in pretty decently on the meta listing. Ranked number 13. And he's going to take wins on Jellicent, Hypno, Alolan Ninetales, Alolan Marowak, and Shiftry. So he's getting some of the uh, commanders there. So that's definitely worth keeping in mind. You're going to want to counter those. However, it's going to lose on Munchlax, Excavalier, Toxicroak, Empoleon, and Steelix. So this is another reason why I say definitely want to consider Empoleon. <clears throat> it's got weakness to ground with resistances to Psychic, Poison, Grass, Ghost, and Dark. So that's a good thing because you're going to see Psychics all over this meta. You want something that's going to stand up to that. What Seawolf has to say about Alolan Muck is that it is one of the top anti-psychics in the list, and typically handles grasses and ghosts very well, and it is definitely a very good choice if you want a safe swap going into a match. He also makes a note that since most of the Charmer's fighters and more potent grounds have been removed from the meta, Amok is going to do some heavy, heavy hitting, so definitely worth considering putting on your team. You also want to consider taking a look at Hypno. Again, a little bit expensive, but Psychic is going to be one of the heavily used uh, typings in this meta. So you might want to have one yourself because if you are not building for Psychic, you need to build against it. But building for it, Hypno with Confusion, Fire Punch, and Shadow Ball is recommended. Taking wins on Toxicroak, Escavalier, a Lullendine tails again showing up, a Marowak, and Roserade, who I think is going to be causing at least something of a problem, if not a, a big one. Key losses, however, Munchlax, Jellicent, a lowland Muck, Shiftry, and Empoleon. Like we were just talking, Alolan Muk will will take it out, but definitely worth keeping if you want to have some good leverage against something like Alolan Ninetales. It's got weaknesses to Bug, Dark, and Ghost, with resistances to Psychic and Fighting. The mirror match is going to be hard, but it could be to your advantage to have a good uh, Hypno on your bench anyway. What's interesting about the thrifty article, Nifty or Thrifty article is that J.R.E. Seawolf says that instead of Shadow Ball, you might want to try Focus Blast because it's going to give you a different set of wins. It'll take out Dugong and Steelix, which could possibly show up. His parrot, he suggests to pair it with Shadow Ball and any Elemental Punch, and it could give you a very good Good, nice edge to get some of these wins that might be a little bit harder to deal with. He also makes a case for future sight over confusion, so it's interesting as well. All right, that's a whole lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of other notable Pokemon, and like I said, when I do these, I'm thinking about the budget conscious battler. There are some cases to be made for some of the more expensive Pokemon. Gengar Haunter, if you want a good ghost, is going to do very, very well here. um Even better than Frostlass, which has been shining in some of the previous metas. And, of course, in the more expensive end, uh, there is a place for Barbarical here. Possibly Dragalge. Um, although, I'd say more Barbarical than dar- Dragalge. But uh, be careful if you're going in that direction. He makes a case for Wudo and Rhyfeurier, but uh, for the most part, not too shabby. He also points out that Galarian Rapidash will be used during Commander Cup, especially since Galarian Ponita is going to show up in research boxes this next month. So you have a good opportunity to get your hands on a very good PvP one throughout May, especially if you're doing a lot of those one-off tournaments definitely look forward to either using it or seeing it show up. And then, of course, just because I wanted to point out some of the ones that uh, he pulls up for the expensive expensive side of all this, the 75,000 Dust 75 Candy, if you are rolling in Dust and Candy, then you can kind of consider these. But otherwise, I'd kind of stay away from them. Gallade Running, Confusion, Leaf Blade, and Close Combat, it is going to pack a wallop While you might be tempted to run Charm, he says don't do it. Run Alolan Ninetales instead and just let Gallade be a confusion user and cause chaos that way. Lapras, of course, tends to show up. It is a good favorite. Ice Shard or Water Gun, Grunning Surf and Ice Beam or Skull Bash as your charge moves. But again, Lapras is so hard to build. And finding a good PvP one can be difficult, so i only do it if you've already got one built. Electrovire after uh, Community Day with Thundershock, Ice Punch, and Wild Charge. Interesting that you're not running your Community Day move here, but Wild Charge will give you that stab bonus, so that's probably why he's suggesting that. He says it is a type that will just run over a lot of things. So if you've got the dust to build one and you've got a good PvP one from Calm Day, definitely worth considering. And then he ends it up with Ampharos as another electric possibility. And that is uh, a look at possible team building for the Commander Cup meta. And of course, we're going to take a Pokemon of the week from the Commander Cup meta once I get into the back end of the show. I'm going to take a break for a minute. I need to breathe. This has been a lot of show going on here. (laughs) Okay, give me a few minutes to get some water and I will get right back to you. we're back again for another episode of shameless (laughs) self-promotion just trying to keep things going i guess if you are interested in following this podcast on any form of social media you can find me on twitter at anthissa 21 as well as instagram same hash same handle excuse me and you can always email the show with any questions, comments, anything you want to see and constructive criticism of course. a nerd at gmail.com. And um, i i try my best to keep the episode posted on YouTube if you're interested in following there. It is po- Pegasus Podcasting Gaming. Go ahead, give it a like and do all the usual YouTuber follow along nonsense if you're interested. You can always find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as a few other choice places as well. And if you're interested in supporting the show, you can always make a small donation to my coffee page. I've got that set up, coffee.com slash anthissa twenty one. It is the home page for both the battle academy podcast and my other show hopelessly nerdy so if you're interested there or if you'd like to do something not so monetary as well or you can't afford monetary donation you can always give a five-star review or any kind of review on uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to with the exception of course being spotify hopefully they'll eventually listen and get that set up And uh, just the fact that you're listening to the show, I truly, truly appreciate it. And it means a lot to me. So thank you so much for that. And uh, thank you for being here as it is. And this, of course, is based on what their current wins are. Uh, I wanted to do a Xerneas raid guide really quick before... We go into a little bit of talk about our Pokemon of the week, although that will be very, very brief. You know what? Let's do Pokemon of the Week really quick because it'll be really brief. It's a Pokemon I already brought up. Yes, it's a little bit on the expensive side, Stardust-wise, and that is Alolan Muck. Just something about it, I couldn't keep I couldn't quit looking at it. I couldn't keep try to keep going past it. Running Snarl, D- Dark Pulse, and Sludge Wave, as recommended move set, takes wins against, and of course this is a reiteration, Jellicent, Hypno, Alolan, My- Alolan Ninetales, Alolan Marowak, and Shiftry, with losses against Munchlax, Scavalier, Toxicroak, Empoleon, and Steelix. Resistances to psychic, poison, grass, ghost, and dark means it is going to be able to handle the majority of the meta extremely well. If you're wanting to build one up, you're going to look for a rank one at level 20 and a half at 01515. 15. And JREC Wolf was asked in his uh, Reddit article if an argument could be made for Grimer XL, and he says. It'd just be a waste of dust trying to build it up. So you definitely want to go for the muck instead. I'm trying to build one. Unfortunately, I'm having a hard time because all of my Grimers bust 1500. But there you go. Your Pokemon of the week is Alolan Muck. Definitely consider that as you move forward. Now, let's talk about the Xerneas Raid Guide. Why? Because... Luminous Legends X is coming up in just a matter of days, and I want you guys to have this information. Excuse me, I want you all to have this information. Xerneas, this is by PokemonGoHub.net. Xerneas is a tier 5 legendary raid boss in Pokemon Go and the first fairy type legendary Pokemon in the game, and it is a mono fairy typing. Boosted by cloudy weather and counters include strong steel and poison type Pokemon such as Metagross style and Roserade and mega evolutions like Mega Gengar and Beedrill. Do not take dragons because they will fall fast, just a heads up. It is supposed to be the most powerful fairy type in the meta, but is it so? This guide should hopefully make it easier for you, weak to steel and poison, strong against dark dragon and fighting. The CPs you're looking for are 1070 to 2130 at level 20, no weather boost, 2591 to 2703 at level 25 with cloudy weather boost. I believe 2130 and 2703 are going to be your hundo numbers if you're a hundo hunter counters the supreme raid counters this is their words mega gengar running lick sludge bomb and lick and sludge bomb metagross running bullet punch and meteor mash next up mega bent beedrill running poison jab sludge bomb dialga running metal claw iron head genesect metal claw magnet bomb roserade running double poison poison jab and sludge bomb Excadrill running Double Steel, Gengar running Lick Sludge Bomb, Jirachi running Charge Beam and Doom Desire, Mega Venusaur could be a very good idea, as well as Mega Charizard Y because you you don't get the Dragon typing on Y that you do on X, so don't take X, take Y. Fire Spin and Blast Burn. Heatran with Fire Spin and Iron Head and Ho-Oh with Steel Wing and Brave Bird. Move sets you're going to get on Xerneas, Tackle and Zen Headbutt for fast moves, Charge Moves, Moonblast, Mega Horn, Close Combat, Thunder and Giga Impact. While it looks good, these are not great fast moves unfortunately. But definitely worth taking as this is a new Pokemon and a new legendary to boot. It is going to be in raids for two weeks and it is going to be awesome. So definitely get your people together and uh, cash in on those remote raids and get you a very good Xerneas. It'll be awesome. I definitely planned to do a couple of xerneas raids hopefully i can catch one that that's all i'm hoping for at least one give me at least one all right that's gonna do it for this episode there's a whole lot of stuff going on good luck on your commander cup team building and good luck on your xerneas raids thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for the support it means A whole bunch you will never know. I hope you have a wonderful time of day it is wherever you're at. I'll see you all next week.